Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're going to come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. I'm very excited today because we are going to have Dr. Marie Brown with us. She is actually the Interim Associate Provost for Teaching and Learning, and I will let Marie tell us some more about her role here at the university. Well, thank you for having me. I have been at the university since 2009, and I came to start my career in educational development, and it's been a wonderful ride, and I recently was promoted to an interim role, and I get to do every day what I love, which is talk about teaching and learning and how to do it better. Marie, can you tell us a little more about the Delphi Center for Teaching and Learning? The Delphi Center is a place of resource. It's, we consider ourselves a service unit more than anything else. And we serve faculty who come to us for a variety of reasons. We work with instructional technology. Our learning management system is housed here. The quality enhancement plan for the university, online learning. But my area is teaching and learning, which is really concerned with educational development and supporting faculty in their teaching endeavors. One of the things I wanted to talk about today is this celebration of teaching and learning that your world puts on every year for the university as a whole. So can you tell us like how did Celebration get started or what's it for, that sort of thing? It started in 2005 and it was an opportunity for the Delphi Center to recognize teaching and to create a place where our faculty across the disciplines could talk about teaching. Now it's, it's a large program that our center runs every year and it is really a space for conversation about teaching for collegiality, for networking, and really a, a place of recognition of the hard work of teaching. You mentioned celebration as this place where we come together as a faculty and attempt to learn from each other and, and enhance our relationships around teaching and learning. Give us some idea of what celebration looks like. The one you just had a couple of weeks ago, what did that look like? Where is it? What kind of visiting people do you bring in? What kind of things are you trying to get done with that? It used to be more of invitation-only sessions for our faculty to do proposals. We would have an international or nationally recognized keynote speaker. But we've really tried to morph it into a day of learning where we have a keynote presentation in the morning, and then we recognize folks teaching innovation award winners, which is a new program to recognize innovative teaching. But we really work on creating opportunities for networking, collegiality. So it sounds like this is really an internal conference. So who, who's attending the celebration? It is open to all teaching faculty, instructors, graduate students at the university, and staff. Fortunately, that faculty from all the disciplines attend. We have a large health science profession contingent every year, nursing, dentistry, medicine, school of public health. We also increasingly see our leadership attending the conference, most of our deans, associate deans, department chairs. So it really is you know, a broad representation of um, teaching and learning at the university. That can be important to get that leadership involved and make sure that it's clear that it's a priority. 
This year's keynote, Peter Felton said to me, you know, the president's here, and she's made this a priority, and she's here most of the day. And I said, yes, she is. He said, you know you're a research institution, correct? <laughs> I said, yes, I do. And so the fact that Lori made it a priority to attend, but not only attend, and I sat next to her, and we had this uh, dashboard that we provided for attendees, and she was taking copious notes and was so excited about the idea. She was fully engaged, and I think that modeling by our leadership is, is key. And that is how we really reinforce the value of teaching and learning at the institution. I think it means a lot for the faculty to see the president or provost and their deans physically here because many times teaching goes sort of unrecognized. It's expected duty, unsung. It's just not always as visible as it should be or recognized and celebrated. <laughs> and, and it's hard work. And it's, it's what the university is here for. Yes, we're a research university, but there are students all across and learners all across our campuses that require our attention. So I think, for example, we saw Dr. Gansel there when, when we were there uh, just a couple weeks ago. So we, we know that this is an important thing to them, but their presence speaks a lot to how important it is to them. That's to be encouraged. And maybe we're fortunate, and maybe it's not like this at every institution. I'd like to think that the Delphi Center played a role in that evolution. It wasn't always the case. You know, when I started, it was a smaller conference. We, we've kind of systematically built it so that there is more broad-based um, buy-in. There, you know, the proposal review process, I feel, was a huge win to have colleagues submit proposals for blind review. You know, this past year, we brought in the Dean's Forum on Educational Excellence participants who worked in a semester-long program around educational excellence and leadership. Yeah, I feel like we're hitting our stride, and it's a, it's a really worthwhile event to plan every year. It just makes me feel so good about the work that is happening at the institution. Well, I'll say I thoroughly enjoy going to Celebration every year, and it is, it is so much fun to interact with faculty from all over the university, but, you know, I do get an opportunity to catch up with my nursing colleagues and dental colleagues that I don't get to see all the time, but it's just a lot of fun. And so... Marie, you've mentioned this year's celebration, which was just a couple weeks ago. And so I was hoping you could uh, talk about, I mean, you mentioned Peter Felton. So what was uh, Peter here to discuss and what was the theme and, and all that great stuff. I would love to hear what you thought about this year's celebration. Sure. So we did bring in Peter Felton, and he is the co-author of Relationship Rich Education, How Human Connections Drive Success in College with his colleague Leo Lambert. And he led uh, the keynote session, but from that decision to bring him as the keynote, we created the conference theme around relationship-rich education, but this idea of the ripple effect. The ripple effect of our work is that every day we teach, but we don't necessarily know what enters the consciousness and the cognitive you know, load of our students. And so it's, it's this idea that relationships matter, and through relationships, amazing things can happen. You mentioned Peter's book, and so I was hoping you could uh, speak more about what were some of the strategies and things that he mentioned during his keynote. Peter's keynote was around uh, the idea of relationships and the importance of relationships to students. And he was you know, providing examples from students of their experiences and, and simple reminders to us as educators. We work harder when we, the person, our instructor, knows our name. Peers carry each other through difficult times. Mm -hmm. It's important for students to have a constellation of mentors who can offer different kinds of support and challenge. 
we all have a responsibility to be one part of lots of students' constellations of success, right? Everybody plays a role. So he was saying that it's not just the instructor, but it's people who work you know, in the coffee shop or people who work on the grounds crew. And a reminder that we don't have to necessarily do more, but we just have to be more maybe aware of relationships in our teaching and learning. I think I sent a tweet during his talk, and I basically just said, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and which is really the truth when it comes to working with our learners at all levels. It's really important for us to remember this idea from Stephen Brookfield, who's one of my favorite authors, and he says the two most important factors in terms of what students value is their instructors, authenticity and credibility. Instructors, our faculty, are credible, but it's authenticity and building relationships and, and showing care for our students and helping them. That's the game changer in terms of learning and setting up in rich environments where students succeed. So for our HSC faculty who, who work and live and teach in a very chaotic, very busy clinical environment for the most part, that most are not in classroom settings and most are trying to take care of patients while they teach and, and train this next generation, whether they be in nursing, medicine, dentistry, or public health. For them, it must be especially important. And, and so as a member of that world, I can tell you, you literally see someone for a week of the 90 residents, I'll be with one for a week, six times a year. You'll not be much with time one to generate. different one. one di yo, th there's they're a different the same one. one. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yes. No, they're all different. And so six different people over the course of a year that I interact with for one week. And, and so I can tell you it's a, it's a big challenge to um, do the work you have to do, the patient care work, and make the attempt to know who they are. But there are some little things that we can do as faculty and not simply see it as yet another resident in front of me for the week. We can know their name. We can know something about them. We can ask them what their goals for the week are and make sure we attend to um, uh, getting uh, content toward them and talking with them about that. We can ask about their career plans and what, they, what are they looking forward to and how we might help in, in thinking about that. We can offer our availability when we're not on service and, and let them call us and just talk to us about something that's on their mind or follow up. If they don't get that invitation, though, they likely will never call. And so I think we can do those little things, even though in the time-constrained environment we have um, that really challenges us, we can do some little things that can help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Peter Felton echoed that. He said, you know, his research, he and Leo Lambert, uh, they found that one of the most important questions we can ask of our learners is, what's your story? How are you doing? Being present um, valuing the personhood of our learners and recognizing that they are on a journey and we play a, an important part. Uh, and even if it's for a week, we can make a difference. I think that points back to this idea of a ripple effect. You know, we never know the impact that we can have, but we can really make a concentrated effort every day to be present for one another. We probably have all had the experience where we don't remember a specific interaction with a learner and they come back to you a year later, five years later, or longer, and they remember it distinctly. And what you said or did or how you comforted them or, or whatever it was, and it was 
yet one of a thousand interactions, and it didn't make, it didn't register in your mind, but it certainly registered in theirs. And I think if we approached our interactions with learners, understanding that there's always the potential that that kind of impact might be happening right in this moment, right now, and they might come back to me in five years and what I say now made a difference to them for some reason. And so I think if we keep that in mind and have that awareness, then even these brief little interactions that we have can be very meaningful students. We've talked a lot about Peter Felton and, and his keynote, but I'd love to ask, what are some of the, the highlights that you took away from this year's conference? Something that resonated for me was this idea of he set uh, one of his initial slides was kind of four principles about relationship-rich education. And he said, all students must experience genuine welcome and care. Relationships are a powerful means to inspire all students to learn. Students must develop a web of significant relationships. And all students need meaningful relationships to help them and to challenge them to explore the big questions of their lives. Well, as an educational developer, I always think about learners, not just students, not just our undergraduate students, our, our graduate students, our clinical uh, students, but really learning, right? And so then I thought about this and I thought, well, gosh, as an educational developer, boy, isn't this true for faculty, right? All faculty must experience genuine welcome and deep care. And this is part of the value of the celebration. Relationships are a powerful means to inspire all faculty to learn and continue learning. All faculty must develop significant webs uh, or webs of significant relationships. And faculty need meaningful relationships to help them and challenge them to explore the big questions of their profession. Recognition matters. And I think your prior interviewees have talked about recognition and folks need to be appreciated for the hard work they do each and every day. This really resonated with me because I was speaking with a faculty member who was one of our award winners, and I invited him to attend, and he said to me, and he's been at the university for years and years, and he said, he said, I don't know who I would invite to sit with me. And we invited you know, each of the award winners to, to sit at the front of the room and have seven colleagues join them, and he said, I don't know who I would invite. And it made my heart hurt. The idea that our faculty, and this is what I think is the beauty of celebration, that faculty feel like they're not welcome, they're not recognized, they don't have these significant relationships, they're not inspired, they're not having these webs and constellations of, of relationships to help them thrive. That to me was my aha moment of why educational development, faculty development is so important. And the reality is we've been through a lot as a society over the last two years. And the mental health issues or, or, or pandemic in this country, it's a pandemic and our, and our faculty suffer as well. And I think the idea that we care for one another and that we really work to build opportunities for connection and collaboration around teaching, around our disciplines, it has to be really at the center of the work that we do. And so for me, it, it kind of inspired me even more to continue this work because I know it's needed. So Marie, that's a tremendous extension from the original intent, I suppose, that relationship, relationships are a one-way thing with the learners and that the learners are the ones benefiting. 
But I think your ability to pull back and say, don't faculty need that kind of relationship building as well? I think you're absolutely right to point that out. I could spill some news. So on May 5th of this year, we are going to recognize all HPE graduates uh, in the Health Sciences Center. So every uh, faculty member that has gone through the Health Professions Education Program, we are going to have a lovely get together on the evening of May 5th. And so they don't even know yet because I haven't even put the announcement out. So maybe they'll find out through this or hopefully the emails will go out before this comes out. But I'm very excited to be able to do that just to recognize that they took the effort to go through you know, graduate coursework to take on learning about teaching and learning. And um, you're absolutely right. We need to recognize the hard work, the very hard work that, that teaching is. So how do we keep faculty energized and excited about teaching after celebration? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great question. We always ask that every year. One thing we do is, you know, we continue with reading circles so that we continue to share the ideas of our keynote presenter. So we launched, a, we already launched and filled that day a reading circle of Peter Felton's sure. uh, book. <laughs> yeah. um, we also... We this year we had a Slido where we asked folks, uh, what will you commit to doing after today to offer new or enhanced relationship-rich educational experiences to U of L students? So, folks chimed in on their phones, and we had about 70, 75 folks who participated, and just simple things that we're going to float back out to attendees to remind them of how do you keep the energy going? Well, simple things like asking students, what's your story? Ask how you are doing more often, and I'm reading from the list of, of comments. Uh, check in with students more. Uh, provide feedback that reinforces students' capacities to do work that meet high expectations. Use Kahoot in my class. Recommend to my department that colleagues think about how they call office hours. Simple things like that. So part of what we try to do is follow up after the celebration, so we'll share uh, the recordings of the keynote and some sessions. We'll share photos, uh, just again, to continue the conversations, but, but also to, to ask folks what they want and need and, and continue the work that we're doing. We always try to end faculty feed on a something we want people to do. If we could think about for a moment, as a result of this year's celebration, what is one or, or more things that you would like to challenge faculty listening to do this week to make a bigger impact? That's a great question. I think it's simple. Leo Lambert had talked about this idea of do less, better. Yeah. Ooh. What I would say is folks who engage in professional development for teaching get inspired, and that is what we want. But they sometimes get inspired to do it all. Yes. And time is precious. So what I always say is take the ideas that you've gathered and be strategic. Do less, but do it better. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest. Join us next time for more and come hungry.